This year's Biblical Symposium of the Orthodox Center for the Advancement of Biblical Studies will be held online Saturday, June 13, 2020. Space is limited to 100 attendees, so register today by going to ephesusschool.org. Father William Mills, author of Losing My Religion, is the featured keynote speaker. Other presenters include the Very Reverend Dr. Paul Nadim Tarazi, Dr. Nikolai Roddy, Professor of Hebrew Bible and Old Testament at Creighton University, and Dr. Richard Benton and Father Mark Bulos of the Bible as Literature podcast. Register today by going to EphesusSchool.org. You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they... Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 36. Today's reading is from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language? Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Our reading today is appointed for the Feast of Pentecost, which we just celebrated a few days ago. Before we jump into our reading today, Father, I'm curious about the history of Pentecost in the Old Testament. I think some of us might not realize that Pentecost was not a, quote, new Christian feast, but actually was a pre-existing and a very important Jewish feast. Would you give us some insight here, Father? Yes, very good point, Jason. I think you're right that many Christians don't realize that the Feast of Pentecost predates Christianity, as it was a major feast on the Jewish calendar. In the Jewish tradition, Pentecost is often referred to as the Feast of Weeks. And before I talk about what the feast itself commemorates, I would point out that it's one of the pilgrimage feasts. And what exactly does that mean? A pilgrimage feast is one where it was expected, at least in Old Testament times, that the celebrant goes to Israel. So even among the Jews who had been dispersed, they were expected to go back to the temple in Jerusalem at least for one day. Interesting. Uh, What are the other feasts of pilgrimage? Well, there are three in total, and they correspond to important Christian feasts now as well. The first is Passover, which is for us, of course, uh, Pascha or Easter. And then it's important to note that in the, uh, the Greek word, Pascha, is connected to Passover. It's unfortunate that many Christians today lose that connection in the name Easter, but, you know, a different subject for a different podcast. 
For now, suffice it to say that in retaining the word Pascha, the early Christians explicitly drew that connection between the Old Testament Passover and the New Testament Passover in Christ's death and resurrection. The second pilgrimage feast then is Pentecost, and then finally the third is the Feast of Booths, which corresponds to our Christian feast of Christ's transfiguration. And I'm sure we can talk about that in more detail in a couple of months or at least sometime around that feast in August. So, Father, clearly Pentecost was an important feast for the Jews since, as you mentioned, it was only one of three pilgrimage feasts. And I'd like for you to speak a little more about its significance, uh, but maybe before you do that, I want to stay on the pilgrimage aspect. Earlier you mentioned that it was expected for people celebrating the feast to spend at least one day in Jerusalem. Is there any special reason that it's only one day? Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, could it be more? I guess I'm just wondering if there's some significance there. Yeah, really good question. And to be completely frank, I'm not totally sure why the traditional celebration of Pentecost was necessarily only one day in Jerusalem. Uh, But I do find it of significance that in addition to the one day in Jerusalem, Pentecost has also traditionally been observed then with at least two days in the diaspora among uh, the dispersed and exiled Jews. And what do you mean by that? Traditionally, Pentecost was celebrated with one day in Jerusalem and then two days in the Diaspora, and I think this is of significance to our understanding, our Christian understanding of Pentecost, about two reasons. Okay, so let's start with reason one. Well, what if I want to start with reason two? (laughs) (laughs) Then you can start with reason two, and uh, I, I probably wouldn't know the difference. Okay, okay, just giving you a hard time there. So reason one, or maybe my reason two, we'll let the hearer determine what they think it is. But anyway, the Feast of Pentecost commemorates and celebrates the giving of the Mosaic Law in the wilderness on Mount Sinai. And just as a side note, you can see the connection to Passover, because remember, after the Passover, the Jews wandered through the wilderness on their way to the Promised Land, and it was in the wilderness that God gave Moses the law. So again, as a side note, we can see this connection between Pascha and Pentecost in the Hebrew feasts. But back to my first main point, the Feast of Pentecost commemorates the giving of the law, and then even more broadly, it commemorates the Torah, the first five books of what we Christians call the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So this is the basis, the bedrock of all Scripture. The Torah is the basis of all Scripture. Everything we hear about in Scripture, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, revolves around the Torah. And scholars can talk about apparent contradictions here and there and so forth, but I I firmly believe that if one truly understands Scripture and what's going on within it, and believe me, most scholars as well as most religious people don't, then you can see how Scripture from Genesis even to Revelation in the New Testament all ties together for one amazing, amazing book. None like it, at least of which I'm aware in human history. But anyway, I digress. So before we move to your second point about the traditional Jewish celebration of Pentecost and how it connects to the Christian celebration and understanding, I'd like some clarification or elaboration on something that you said. Okay. You said something to the effect of uh, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, are the bedrock. 
even of the New Testament scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you could unpack that a little more for us, because it seems the Old Testament in general, and certainly many of those books, especially Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and, and Deuteronomy, <laughs> are rarely mentioned by most Christians. Yeah, okay. It's a complex topic and and one that could result uh, in a very lengthy discussion and podcast of its own, so I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Uh, I'd first of all note that I think we've started to unpack the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament in previous episodes, and I'm sure that will continue uh, to happen if, if God gives us time and the ability for future episodes. So I think as our listeners continue to hear these connections over time, they'll realize the connection between Old and New Testaments and the necessity of understanding the Old Testament more comprehensively is absolutely necessary and unmistakable to understanding the New Testament. But in a very broad sense, uh, a couple of things to point out. First of all, I think it's absolutely necessary to understand that the first 11 chapters of Genesis, the opening of the Torah, and the introduction then to all Scripture, because it's the first book that we read when we pick up a Bible. So Genesis shows God creating everything and dealing with all people in those first 11 chapters. And so that shows from the very beginning that the purview of the book, the focus of the book, is not just on a group of people that we've uh, come to call the Jews, but rather that the book is focused on all humanity and views God not just as a local tribal God, as every other God was viewed uh, at the time of Scripture, but it viewed him as the universal God over all creation. And then the second thing is, is just that if the law is not important and if it's not the bedrock of Scripture, then we would have to ask ourselves, Why does St. Paul spend so much time talking about the law itself and what it means and how it is applied? I mean, by that alone, you can see the importance of the Torah to all Scripture, including the New Testament. And then finally, uh, just point out uh, to those who are Orthodox, our liturgical tradition. Okay, there's this notable phrase that the deacon says right before liturgy begins, which is basically instructing or nudging the priest to begin the service. And lots of people who are into so-called mysticism uh, love this line. The deacon says, it is time for the Lord to act. And then uh, the mystics can dream about what this line means and how we're mystically communing with God at the liturgy and so forth. But this line is actually much more practical and poignant than that. And what does it mean, Father? The line comes directly from Psalm 119, verse 126. And the complete line says this, It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. So powerful if we understand it and and don't fantasize about it. What the deacon is saying to the priest then at the beginning of the service is that we must begin the service because we and the people have broken God's law and we're in need of being reminded of God's law through the scripture readings and through hearing the anaphora, the remembrance of God's acts that we hear during the liturgy. And we are in need of his grace, his reconciliation, that we then commemorate through his body being broken for us and the blood being spilled out, poured forth for us. That's what the liturgy is about. And it all starts from the standpoint of us having broken God's law. And it ends with him reconciling us to himself. So a beautiful and powerful tradition if we understand it properly.
Uh, Father, thank you for that. It's very interesting and much appreciated. Sure. Uh, getting back to your broader two points about the Feast of Pentecost and its connection between the Old Testament observance and the New Testament observance. So just so we are all on the same page, uh, you noted that the traditional Jewish ob observance was one day in Jerusalem and two days in the Diaspora. And you said your first point on the significance of that for us was the fact that it commemorates the giving of the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and how those are the bedrock of both Jewish and Christian scripture. Correct. So then I'd like to uh, end the show today with you explaining the second reason you wanted to give for the importance of this Jewish observation of one day in Jerusalem and two in the Diaspora. Yes, the second reason is that I see a connection between the Jewish observance of going into the Diaspora and the Christian expectation of taking God's message to the nations, to the Gentiles. You know, the Jews could have been like other nations who basically stayed among themselves and kept their own local tribal God. Uh, remember, we're talking uh, the days long before you have planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, people just didn't travel as easily or extensively as we can today. But that's not what happened. And in the Bible, that's because of what God did. He dispersed the Jews. Uh, yes, it was a punishment to them. But at the same time, it accomplished God's will. And specifically, uh, by sending the Jews into the diaspora, by dispersing them throughout the empire, their God and their message, their scripture went with them and becomes known then to others. And so even before Christ, you had people who converted to Judaism. And they were only exposed to that because of the diaspora, because of being exiled. It wasn't as though the Jews, uh, as the Christians, sent out missionaries. And then the obvious connection in Christianity, and especially as it relates to what happens at Pentecost and thereafter, is that the Christians purposely begin to spread the message to the nations, the message of the gospel. So they receive the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. Uh, there are people who hear the essence of the gospel message in their own language, and then immediately the Christians leave Jerusalem and start spreading God's message to the nations, as I said, not by accident or coincidence, but on purpose. So I think the connection is unmistakable. You have the Jewish Pentecost beginning in Jerusalem and then going out to the nations. And then you have the Christian Pentecost where the disciples receive the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. And then they leave to go spread the message to all people. And again, connecting back to my first point, you can see how this relates back to the book of Genesis where God dealt at the beginning with all people, all nations, all tongues. So the Christian scriptures end the same way as they begin, with God being the God of all peoples, of all creation, desiring for all to be reconciled to him and to one another. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we began with a discussion of Pentecost and its history in the Jewish tradition. The Feast of Pentecost was one of the three pilgrimage feasts, which meant that it required a journey to Jerusalem for those Jews that had been dispersed. This pilgrimage included one day to be spent in Jerusalem and then two days in the Diaspora. Father Aaron explained the significance of this pilgrimage feast and its connection to our understanding of Pentecost as Christians. First, the Feast of Pentecost commemorates the giving of the Mosaic Law in the wilderness. And more broadly, this includes the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, which are the foundation of all Scripture. 
Second, there is a connection between the Jewish observance of going into the diaspora and the Christian expectation of taking God's message to the nations. While the dispersion of the Jewish people was a punishment, it also served to accomplish God's will. By sending the Jews into the diaspora, their scripture went with them. And so, like the Jewish Pentecost beginning in Jerusalem and going out to the nations, we read in the book of Acts of the Christian Pentecost, where the disciples receive the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem and then leave to go and spread the gospel message to all people. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.